Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Fantasy Sports today on this February 24th, 2020. Craig Mitch, along with Frank Stample here on the show. We got spring training back. We got a lot to get to here on the show today. We got Madison Bumgarner and his side job apparently riding around and, and doing rodeos today. We just found out recently Bob Nightingale reporting this morning, uh, Frank, that the Astro, that the Astros, that the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks not even aware of, uh, of Madison Bumgarner, and I guess hoping that he didn't participate in this since he's become a member of the Diamondbacks. What a great way to start the uh, second hour of the show. How are you, Frank? I'm doing well, Craig. Excited to talk about fantasy baseball and spring training baseball as well. We've got a ton of games coming up later on today. Yeah, this Madison Bumgarner situation is so weird because you would have thought he would have learned from what he did in the past with the San Francisco Giants, riding the dirt bikes, hurting his shoulder, basically missing an entire season, and and it and it, it affected him for two seasons. It affected him for back-to-back seasons from a real-life perspective, from a fantasy perspective. Look, I don't have a problem with guys having a life off the field, but you are a professional athlete, and you're a professional baseball player, Madison Bumgarner. You are not a professional, you know, rodeo roper or whatever it's called, uh, but seriously, I mean, he could have gotten hurt again. The Diamondbacks don't know anything about this. I mean, this is this is a pretty serious conversation to have here, uh, and, you know, it's something that at first glance, you want to have fun with. It's It seems like a funny situation, but look, there's a lot of money involved. There's a lot of people drafting high stakes in fantasy baseball here, Craig, and you know they're taking Madison Gun- Bumgarner as their SP2, their SP3 sometimes. You Me need too. this guy to be healthy. <laughs> you need him to be the Madison Bumgarner of old, especially you. You just took him in Tout Wars, so this is a crazy situation here, Craig, and it's going to be interesting to see if, uh, if the Diamondbacks reprimand him in some way because of this. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. Um, yeah, my guess is they just kind of, you know, move on from it. But, yeah, it is it is a wild story for sure. And, you know, I think it probably does affect some people's ADP. Not mine. I'm all in on Bumgarner. We got a uh, sports, grid up, grid, uh, sports Grid update coming up next. We'll be right back. I am Alex Fasano with your Sports Grid news update here on FST Fantasy Sports Today. We're going to start in the NBA as the Los Angeles Lakers edge out the Boston Celtics 114 to 112. LeBron James and Anthony Davis combined for 61 points in the win on the other side for the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum, what a night for him. 41 points. He was 4 of 7 from 3 to go with 5 rebounds, 2 assists and a steal as well as 2 blocks. Uh, the Celtics move to 16 and 12. 12 on the road for the season. Sticking with the association, the Milwaukee Bucks have clinched the earliest playoff berth in at least 15 
15 years. The NBA postseason, yeah, it's not set to begin for another 55 days. The Bucks clinched Sunday despite not even playing because, well, the Washington Wizards, they lost to the Chicago Bulls. Milwaukee now 48-8. and They are on pace to win 70 games, a feat only accomplished by two other teams, the 95-96 Bulls and the 2015-2016 Golden State Warriors. The Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo is averaging 30 points so far this season per game. In the XFL, we saw week three this past weekend. Here are the scores from that slate. The Houston Roughnecks take down the Tampa Bay Vipers 34-27. The Dallas Renegades take down the Seattle Dragons 24-12. St. Louis Battlehawks on top of the New York Guardians 29-9. And the Los Angeles Wildcats take down the D.C. Defenders 39-9. And in Major League Baseball, you guys were just talking about it. Arizona Diamondbacks left-hander Madison Bumgarner. Well, he's got another alias, guys. Mason Saunders. He even won 26000 plus in a team roping competition back in December. Bumgarner told the website that he has been discreetly competing in rodeos for a while, including March of last year. Uh, he has infamously injured his shoulder back in 2017 on a dirt bike accident, so he should count himself lucky that he didn't get roped into any trouble in this one. I'm Alex Fasano. This has been your Sports Grid News Update. Now back to Craig Mish and Frank Stamp. All right. Thanks very much, Alex. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's funny when you kind of look at so much is being discussed now in the early part of spring training of what's on the field. And, you know, maybe yeah. we have to consider what these guys do off the field, because I can't keep in touch with all of these guys' hobbies and what they like to do. And, you know, certainly we'll be able to, you know, talk a little bit more about that. But, you know, I mean, Frank, when I look at it, I had a chance to I guess rebound from that Bumgarner pick over the weekend, and I made four picks in the in the draft and hold league in Tout Wars, and I wanted to ask you about a few of the players that I ended up taking. Now, I will go over my full roster when this is done sometime next year. I mean, I, honestly, I don't know how long this is going to go on forever, and I'm a culprit with that too. I've taken some time on my picks for sure, but again, it's a slow draft, so I certainly have a lot of time to be able to make my picks and discuss them whenever. Uh, whenever I can, um, you know, today seems to be a free day for me to be able to pick. But let's uh, get into uh, the first pick that I took on Saturday. Uh, Yandi Diaz, I took in the 15th round, and he was the 223rd selection overall. Diaz, had it not been for health last year, I think certainly would have played a little bit more. I'm also looking at guys at this stage that I don't think are going to hurt me and potentially can help me. He had 14 home runs last season and basically played a half a year because of injury. Of course, the concern is with the Rays. You never know how they're going to play, guys. They're going to platoon them. But he'll slide into my corner infield so we can start off with Yandy Diaz with my 15th round pick on the uh, on the show. Frank, what do you think? I like it. And if you're watching live on the Sports Grid TV network right now, you see the graphic of Yandy Diaz, and he is jacked up. This guy is yoked. He is huge. He's incredibly strong. And you saw that last year with the average exit velocity, 91.7 miles per hour, Craig, in the top 8% of the entire league. The barrel percentage went up last year. He improved the launch angle. It's something that you know they, they talked about with Yandy Diaz when they traded for him is that he has all the power in the world. The problem is he hits the ball into the ground too much. And this is something you need to pay attention to, right? When smart organizations go out and trade at the time, Jake Bowers, who was regarded as you know one of the top prospects in the organization, to get a Yandy Diaz in return, it kind of has to set off a few light bulbs in your head. Say, well, why would they do this? This is the reason. He's incredibly strong. They just need to continue tweaking his swing so that he lifts the ball a little bit more. And especially from an OBP 
perspective as well, Craig. 10% walk rate last year. He wound up hitting 267 with a 340 OBP and OPS over 800 as well. I think there's a lot to like about Yandy Diaz. The next question that I think that he has to answer, and maybe we'll try to answer as well, is can he improve against right-handed pitching? As smart as the Tampa Bay Rays are, they like to platoon all over the diamond. It's a great problem for them to have from a real-life baseball perspective, Craig, but it sucks for fantasy because we need volume. We need plate appearances. That's we need true. guys in yeah. the lineup. Yandy Diaz was great against left-handed pitching last year. I saw over the weekend they wound up playing Nate Lowe, their first base prospect, at third base. Is yeah. there a chance that these two guys are going to end up platooning at third base now as well? These are some of the questions we have to try to answer, Craig. Yeah, I, I think you do. But again, with the volume that he has, which is, let's say, pushing 350, 400 plate appearances, maybe that's optimistic on my part. But if that happens, he's not going to hurt me at all, and he's only going to help. And, you know, that's kind of the way that I was looking at him. Uh, 16th round, I went with Brian Anderson. Uh, this is my uh, first Marlins pick, 16 rounds. So don't accuse me of taking all Marlins. I'm not going to do that. Uh, 16th round, I mean, look, I just thought that there was just too much value there for a guy that can hit 20 home runs, driving 80 runs. I didn't think anybody on the board had more power, honestly, at that point. So I took him with the 228th pick. He'll be my outfielder four, I believe, if not mistaken, maybe outfielder five. Uh, Cesar Hernandez, I took in the 17th round with pick 253 overall. You and I discussed him. I believe he was one of your potential sleepers. I needed a middle infielder. I looked at the numbers last year, 10 home runs, 10 steals. I don't think that's being unrealistic. And remember, I'm kind of piecing my stolen bases together. I didn't take anyone that uh, that is a potential 30 or 40 stolen base guy going into the season. And then I doubled up on Indians with pick 258. I needed a fourth slash fifth SP, uh, SP for SP5, and I took Aaron Savali. Look, if Savali is healthy... Frank, he's making 25 starts and throwing 160 innings. I mean, that's they don't have other options right now. So he's in that rotation, whether he is their, their SP3 or SP4, SP5, I'm not really sure. Plesak is there, of course, as well. If Carrasco is healthy, he is. We know Clevenger's going to miss some time. But, um, you know, outside of Bieber, I, I don't know that there is anyone that you would know out, you know, with Savali not getting 25, 30 starts. So I'm in on Savali, too. So Diaz, Anderson, Hernandez, and Savali is the way I capped off the weekend. Yeah, and I actually had Cesar Hernandez as a sleeper at the shortstop at the second base position, and I had Brian Anderson as one of my sleepers at the third base position when we previewed them last week. So maybe I talked you into those guys, Craig, or maybe you just watch a lot of Brian Anderson and know how good he is. But the projection systems do like him a lot. Cesar Hernandez, you mentioned, I think, 12 homers, 12 stolen bases. You know, Cleveland is clearly going to let their guys run. We've seen that with Lindor. We've seen that with Jose, Jose Ramirez. Maybe they unleash Cesar Hernandez for a few more stolen bases. Maybe we can get 15 to 20 stolen bases out of him. He has a good eye at the plates. So that helps you from an OBP perspective as well. Uh, and then Aaron Savale. I like Aaron Savale. We spoke about him last year. 10 starts, 2-3-4 ERA a 104 whip. He has five different pitches that he uses, a sinker, slider, cutter, curve, and change. And I'll always say this about the Cleveland Indians. They are just a pitching factory. Like they It are. seems like any starting pitcher that comes up for the Indians, or they just do a great job of developing these guys. They did it with Shane Bieber. They did it with Carrasco. They did it with Kluber before they ended up trading him away. And I think Savale maybe doesn't have the same type of upside as some of those guys, but I think he can be a serviceable arm for fantasy purposes, Craig. All right, we'll take a quick timeout on Fantasy Sports today and be back with the catcher sleeper options and bus for 2020. Don't go away. Hello. 
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today. Straight ball, I get it very much. Curve ball, that's our friend. Craig Mish and Frank Stanfall. You got to take a few. That's my offer to God, bro. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Frank Stanfield back with you until 1 o'clock on the East. And we've been talking a lot about catchers on the show today. And so we're going to dive back into that discussion and talk about some of the options, some sleepers, and some busts at the catcher position. I feel like at the end of the season, we're going to end up a lot uh, with a lot more busts than there are sleepers, Frank. Honestly, uh, this is deep diving. You know, Th- this is finding players that... You know, I can't sit here and plant a flag on a lot of these catchers. I just basically am going to throw some darts, and hopefully I find someone that gets some extra playing time. And for every Mitch Garver, there's like 10 other catchers who don't end up making it. So this is not an easy exercise to find these. No, it's certainly not. And one thing I will say is if you wait on your second catcher, right, and you wind up with someone who maybe has minimal playing time or not expected to, you know, just be a great offensive player this upcoming season, we did see multiple breakout catchers last year, Craig, from Mitch Garver off the waiver wire to Christian Vasquez off the waiver wire, uh, and then even later on in the season, Tom Murphy, Sean Murphy. So some players do emerge throughout the course of the season, but I'm with you. Maybe not to the extent of, you know, drafting like a JT or Real Muto early on in my drafts, but, you know, I want to get one of my top 10, top 12 guys just to, like, anchor my catcher position, and then maybe I'll wait a little bit later on for one of my catcher twos uh, and, and just scour the waiver wire as as well, but I do think that you need at least one, you know, solid catcher that's not going to hurt you in terms of their offensive production. That's how I like to attack the, the position. Uh, and then again, maybe you target one of these sleepers late for your catcher too, or you you stream the waiver wire and maybe even potentially get lucky and find a Mitch Garver or Christian Vasquez. But again, that's how I like to attack the catcher position. And it sounds like you do too, based on you know drafting JT Realmuto in the Tout Wars draft and hold draft. Yeah, and, and that's it. You know, I, I normally am not a big catcher guy. I've come to, you know, change my approach a little bit with that, specifically on Real Muto, if he is available. Um, but I would say this. There are a few that I do think have a chance to succeed, so let's kind of go through those options here. Um, Jacob Stallings of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, look, at this stage, the Pirates really don't have a lot to work with, and I think they're going to give players uh, some playing time, maybe potentially some extra playing time, so he could certainly be one of them. Um, I don't see a definitive starting catcher that could play ahead of him, Frank. I think his defense is pretty much okay. He's got some pop there, but again, a lot of these catchers had some pop and limited playing time, too. And uh, I'm also going to go with Jake Rogers of the Tigers as well. Jake Rogers played in the Futures game last year as Detroit kind of moves in with some of their young starting pitchers. That's really, you know, all they're looking for at this point with Mize and Manning. They have a couple of young guys. I think they're going to go young in the catcher department too. Rodgers in the cup of coffee that he had last year didn't perform at a very high level, but I do think that he'll be a little bit better this year. So 
uh, at the end of a draft we're talking about with these two. And I don't even know that you want them as your catcher uh, twos, but I'm going to give Stallings and Rogers as a possibility. Yeah, and I'm interested in Stallings as well. It seems like he's going to be the starter for the Pittsburgh Pirates this upcoming season. They also have Luke Maley on that team. But, you know, maybe you get 12 to 15 home runs, a batting average that won't kill you out of Jacob Stallings. So I'm with you on that one. A few sleepers that I had this upcoming season at the catcher position, Jason Castro. So Jason Castro, much like all the Minnesota Twins, just hit the ball extremely hard last year. And when looking at what Jason Castro did, he only had 13 home runs, but that was only in 79 games. So now he's the starter for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. If he plays you 110, 120 games, you know you might be looking at someone that can hit you 20 home runs. And again, his 51.7% hard contact rate would have ranked first if he qualified at the catcher position last year. 91.5 miles per hour average exit velocity would have ranked third at the position. Uh, he does strike out a ton, so the batting average is not going to be great. Probably 230 to 240 hitter uh, in Jason Castro. But you're probably saying that about a lot of the catcher twos that you're targeting late in drafts. So I do think he is someone that has pop and obviously a really good Angels lineup as well. The other name, and this one I'm digging deep here, Craig. I mean, this is Elias Diaz of the Colorado Rockies, former prospect with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, he's a non-roster invitee in spring training right now with the Rockies. I just don't think Tony Walters is a great player. Like, he's fine defensively. He played in Colorado last year as a starting catcher. He hit one home run. One home run for Tony That's Walters crazy. last year. Yeah. So I think if Elias Diaz shows out well in spring, maybe has an opportunity to split some time with Tony Walters, and if he even turns out to be the starter, then you have the starting catcher for the Colorado Rockies, someone that has flashed a little bit in the past. Uh, two years ago in 2018 with the Pirates, wound up hitting 286 with 10 home runs in only 82 games. So I'm a little excited, uh, intrigued rather is the word, not excited. I'm not excited about many catchers at all, but I'm intrigued by Elias Diaz this upcoming season uh, with the Colorado Rockies here, Craig. Yeah, Diaz can hit, man. I, I've seen him hit now for a couple of years. I just wonder, like, you know, he plays like, I don't, Frank, I think his defensive metrics are just awful, you know? I think that's the one thing that you worry about with him is there's no question that the offense is there. It's just can he frame well enough? Can he keep balls from going behind him enough to become a viable catcher in the big leagues? And I know that the Rockies were looking at a lot of backup catchers, and I don't know that he was their top target, but you're right. No doubt he can hit for sure. Okay, so uh, on to busts in fantasy in 2020. Um, you know, hate to use the pun with Buster Posey being a bust, honestly, because uh, to me, Buster Posey, Frank, is a Hall of Famer. He's a three-time World Series champion. He is somebody to me that is going to go down in the last 20 years as one of the best two or three catchers, if not the best of all time. I believe he was a rookie of the year and MVP and got a highly paid contract. He is a great all-time giant. Great defender, but you can't take him. You can't take him in fantasy anymore. I think that his career is winding down very similar to Joe Maurer uh, because of the money that he's that he's making, and he'll make this again next year too. I think they're going to have to find a way to get him over to first base, and they have a young catcher in the minor leagues named Joey Bart who I think eventually is going to take over that role. And and it's hard, Frank, for me because there's like it's like how do you hold an indictment against somebody that held you up so high in fantasy for the last decade? Same could be said for Miguel Cabrera. Same could be said for Albert Pujols. And unfortunately, Posey's demise has come very fast and furious, and the offensive numbers have dropped off staggeringly. And there are still people that are going to take him, and 
they're going to look at him and say, ah, you know, maybe there's a bounce back. And this is probably the final year that you would look at it for a uh, bounce back. But I am not going to be in on Posey this year. And then uh, James McCann of the Chicago White Sox. Like, I know that he's being ranked, and in terms of NFBC ADP, there's a lot of people in 15-team leagues taking him as their starter, thinking that Grandal is not going to catch. Like, I mean, where else is, is Grandal going to play? They're loaded on offense. They're loaded at designated hitter. He's got nowhere to play. They'd be best off moving him, I think, somewhere else. So uh, I'm out on Posey. I'm out on James McCann. The one thing I will say about Buster Posey is you can get him extremely late in drafts. And last season he was coming off the hip surgery, and I was off of him completely. He was still being drafted as like a top 10, top 12 catcher last season. Now he's going a little bit further than that. You can get him as your catcher too. I'm not really expecting much, but if he can hit 270 with 10 home runs, I mean, that's probably not going to hurt you at the catcher position. Uh, Again, I do think that he was hindered coming off of that uh, hip surgery last year, but I'm certainly not expecting much out of Buster Posey. You just need him not not to hurt you, uh, which is exactly what we're trying to find uh, with these, with a lot of these second catchers here in fantasy baseball. Craig, uh, the the bus for me is going to be. Christian Vasquez of the Boston Red Sox, who broke out last year, you know, wound up hitting two, uh, 23 home runs with 72 RBIs at the catcher position. You know, those are great power numbers, four stolen bases as well. The problem is before 2019, he had just 10 home runs in hit the rest of his major league career, 999 plate appearances. So is Christian Vasquez someone who was helped out by the juice ball last year? That's something that I do worry about uh, when it comes to Christian Vasquez. The underlying batted ball numbers were also not very impressive when it comes to Christian Vasquez. He's being drafted as a top 10, top 12 catcher right now, and I think that's personally for me just too high this upcoming season, Craig. And the other name is uh, Travis Darno, who – had a nice year last year with the uh, with the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, you know, he started off with the Mets. He got cut. He was with the Dodgers for, I believe, one game. Uh, and he was good with the Tampa Bay Rays last year. 16 home runs, 69 ribbies. The, the, run, the RBIs there ranked sixth among catchers last year. Uh, but he really came to a screeching halt at the end of the season. The final two months of the season here, Craig, from August through September, he wound up only hitting 242, 295 with a 349 triple slash, only three of his 16 home runs during that span. Uh, the plate discipline is solid for Travis Darno, but I worry about all the injuries he suffered the past couple of seasons, Craig, and I don't know that he's going to come close to replicating the offensive production we saw last year out of Travis Darno. Uh, he's with the Atlanta Braves. It's a really good lineup. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to targeting a catcher, too, uh, I'm likely looking in another direction. Give me one of the Murphys. I like Sean Murphy and Tom Murphy this upcoming season, Craig. Do you have any interest in those guys? Yeah, I mean, I have some interest in Dale Murphy. Didn't he used to play catcher when he first came up, Frank, with the uh, with the Atlanta Braves? I think that that's my interest level on the on the Murphys. I don't know, man. It Craig, who's Dale feel- Murphy? Take, oh, take me, don't, uh, please don't take do me that. a trip down memory lane. Please don't do Dale Murphy. <laughs> Please don't do Dale Murphy. I'm just kidding. Um, or am I? Yeah. Good. Well, <laughs> you never know today. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I, I think um, Darno offensively is not going to hurt you. Um, I don't know. You really think so? Like, I mean, you think he's just getting being drafted too high, I guess, right? Like, based off last year. I, I mean, I guess that makes some sense. But I don't think that he's going to hurt you at all. 
Yeah, I think he's just probably going to end up getting hurt as well. And, yeah, I do think that he's being drafted too high right now from a fantasy perspective this year. Again, I think he's going around some of these other names that I mentioned. I like Danny Jansen with the bounce back as well. You know, former That's top prospect one. for the Blue Jays. Got really unlucky in the batting average department last year. Uh, so he's a name that I'm targeting in that range. Francisco Mejia. Craig, if we can ever just get consistent playing time for Francisco Mejia, I don't know that it's going to happen. I he really so. flashed yeah. last year in the second half of the season, but he's not a good catcher in terms of framing, and they want someone with you know that they can pair with Chris Paddock, uh, and Austin Hedges is one of the best framers in the game. So I want I want Francisco Mejia to be a thing. I don't think it's going to happen, Craig. All right, we'll be back with more fantasy sports today. Spring training about to get underway in about 30 minutes. We'll have what we're watching today. Don't go away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank here with you for the next 30 minutes. And then we're going to move on to uh, spring training today. Get to watch some of it on television and catch some of it on radio. I'm taking a day off from uh, from the ballpark. I'll be back out on Wednesday taking a little bit of a, a breather from the games, Frank. But uh, what do you got in store for the BFFs today? What do you guys got going on? Yeah, we're going to preview the closer position for fantasy baseball this upcoming season. Uh, so Greg obviously has a pulse on what we've been doing here on Fantasy Sports Today. Obviously, we started with all the hitters, and we we're talking about catchers today. Uh, so he actually wanted to go in reverse. He wanted to start the other way. He wanted to start at the back end of the bullpen with the closers. So we'll be doing that later on today on the BFS. And maybe I'll have a great fantasy baseball invitational update for you. I am picking 11th. Out of 15 teams, Craig, the problem is we have a four-hour clock per pick. So uh, let's see here. The draft starts at 1. I'll be on the air at 3. Will I be able to make a pick by pick 11 before BFFs? Two hours. Do you think I'm going to be able to make a pick today, Craig? Hmm. Um, I mean, it depends on who's in your league. Like, I don't know, you know, if other people are working or their situations, what they have going on. I'm going to guess yes. I think I think that there's going to be a chance of you making one pick. I'm trying to map and see who's in your who, who else is in this league, Frank. Uh, to be honest, there's not a lot, a ton of names here that I recognize. I know uh, Ben Palmer with Pitcher List. Uh, John Hegland is someone who I competed against last year. I believe he's in uh, Tout Wars. He's in the Tout Wars draft with you as well. So I have him okay. in my Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. I'm gonna have to scour out the rest of these names and figure out who else we got here, Craig. But those are the two names that stand out to me. Somebody is already on auto picks, so that might be someone who's at work. I appreciate you uh, already putting yourself on auto. And I guess, look, if you have the third pick. Yeah, you can put yourself on auto. Give me one of Trout, Acuna, or Yelich. I'm going to be perfectly fine. So uh, I appreciate you, good sir. Someone's already on auto. I'm picking at 11. I'm hoping I can make at least one draft pick before BFS later today, Craig. All right. So uh, we'll, we'll see what you got, and then we'll get started with that tomorrow. Okay, so spring training today. 
we got games starting in about 30 minutes from now. And really, I think that for most people, and I think that what will make all of the highlights, even though, again, it's his only first start, is I think that everybody will want to see Garrett Cole today, Frank. No question about that. Biggest contract ever given to a pitcher. Pitching for the Yankees. It's New York. I'm sure that this is going to get a ton of attention today, not to mention uh, Giancarlo Stanton, who a lot of people uh, in fantasy are going to be paying close attention to. I think this is one player you have to pay attention to in the spring, not for the results, but just for the health and how much he can play the outfield, too. Uh, to me, these are really two big names in our world that we're going to have to see what happens over the course of the next few weeks. Yeah, and for anyone who is you know out uh, working right now or you're busy throughout the course of the day, it's worth noting that this Yankees-Pirates game is on at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time tonight. So just when you're getting home from work, you could turn this game on. It's the only game on at that time. You're right. Let's see what Garrett Cole has uh, to offer for the Yankees here in his first start. Probably won't go more than two innings here uh, with the Yankees going up against his former team, the Pittsburgh Pirates. On the other side, Chris Archer is a name that a lot of people are interested in this upcoming season just because he's going so late, Craig. I was actually in on Archer last year because of that reason. He was being drafted later than ever before. I think he was being drafted as you know barely a top 30 starting pitcher. That did not matter. Chris Archer was very, very bad last season. Started yeah. to change up the pitch mix late last year. Started to use the slider more. Uh, and that's something that I will be paying attention to later on today in terms of Chris Archer. You mentioned Giancarlo Stanton. Obviously, you had the opportunity to cover Stanton, did you not, when you were with the Miami Marlins? How do you feel about him in general? He's going in like that fourth, fifth round range in fantasy baseball drafts this year. I am not a Giancarlo Stanton guy. I just think that there are other players that can give you uh, a similar skill set, either going around where he's going, going a little bit later on. Someone like Jorge Soler comes to mind. You get him two, three rounds later than a Giancarlo Stanton, and I think you might get similar production. There's no doubt if, if Stanton can ever stay healthy, for an entire season with the Yankees, uh, he could put up massive numbers. But frankly, uh, I just worry about somebody that big and that strong staying healthy for the course of the entire season, Craig. Yeah, I think it was Matt Modica who tweeted out before the weekend that Soler and Stanton both have the same number of, of uh, 40 home run seasons, if I'm not mistaken, which would be one. Yeah, I mean, for me to say and sit here and tell you it was a pleasure to cover Stanton here in Miami would be false. It wouldn't be true. Um, you know, I, listen, I didn't really get to know him as well personally, maybe as some other people did. But uh, when things were going right, yeah, I mean, it was fun. It was great. It was a lot of postgame talk. When things were not going well, you really wouldn't hear from him as much. And to me, that always kind of defined the story, I think, with uh, with the Marlins. I remember a couple of years ago, you may remember, Frank, when um, I think this was uh, maybe it must have been pre his MVP year. So I'm thinking 2016 and he was going through this massive slump. It was like epic. I'll have to go back and check the numbers. Then Ichiro Suzuki was the one that they were playing over him for a while. And I remember there was a reporter here in South Florida who would be waiting hours after the game to to get to be able to speak to him. And again, talking to other people, both in the Marlins organization and around it, there was no doubt that when things were going well, he was great to be around. And when it wasn't, it was it was not as much. And perhaps you could say that about other players, too. So it's not specifically an indictment on Stanton. And there's no question that power-wise, I think he brings the most to the game of any other player around the game, too. As you mentioned, it's been health. Some of it has been a little bit unlucky. The stuff in Miami was a little bit unlucky, too, getting hit a couple of times in the wrist, in the head, in the face. 
And, and look, I don't want to uh, diminish that because let's keep that in mind. That happened to him as well. But the two things that are very evident with Stanton is, as you mentioned, because of his body and because of just the physique that he has, there's a lot of muscle tone. And whether it's been upper body or lower body thing, uh, things have happened to him that have kept him off the field for long periods of time. And the other part of that, too, is that he goes through these slumps where you know teams are just throwing him that slider outside. And for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to identify it as well as he had in that one season in 2017 where he was essentially unstoppable. If that ever was to happen again, he's the MVP of the league, he's the MVP of fantasy, and he's probably hitting 50 to 60 home runs. I just don't know that we're ever going to see that season that we had ever again. Uh, Frank, I just I, I don't see that coming. And I hope that fantasy owners are prepared for the peaks and valleys of him because I think that's probably the kind of season that we're going to be headed. Uh, going into the year, Vegas has his total basically around you know, 26, 30 home runs. There are some people who feel like he'll crush that. There are some people who feel like he's got no shot at that because he's not going to stay healthy. I'm probably somewhere in the middle. I'm going to guess that he is healthy for 100 games this year and probably does hit you 30 home runs. But that was more or less his story when he was here in Miami, too. There was just a lot of missed time off the field. And so... A lot of money being paid, Frank, as you know, $30 million a year, I believe, for the next seven or eight years. The Yankees took the plunge. They didn't have to really give anything up for him when they got him. I give the credit to the Yankees for doing that. They're always looking to upgrade and spend more money. But in this case, I think that they probably would have been better served just to stick it to Miami and make Miami have to keep him because Stanton, of course, had the no trade, and he did not want to go anywhere else except for the four teams that I reported back a couple of years ago, the Yankees, the Cubs, the Astros, and the Dodgers. Yeah, and I think it's a really good point that you bring up in terms of how he handles and struggles, frankly, with breaking pitches is something that I've noticed uh, as well. You know, watching the Yankees games very closely here in the New York, New Jersey area, uh, and he does. He struggles big time with curveballs, with sliders uh, that are down out of the zone uh, that are just off the plate as well. You know, there's no doubt he has the bat speed to catch up to any fastball in the game, but he does struggle mightily with those breaking pitches. Sometimes almost just seems like he's closing his eyes and just swinging as hard as he he possibly can, uh, which, you know, know, maybe it's fair, maybe it's unfair to say of him. Uh, Look, he has all the power in the game. There's no doubt about that. Uh, But the Yankees also have a, a great a great depth. They have depth on this team as well when it comes to Clint Frazier. And you mentioned earlier in the show, Miguel Andujar hitting a home run over the weekend. Andujar is looking in great shape. He looks jacked up as well. And they're talking about using him in the outfield, getting him reps at first base, using him at DH. I mean, this is a luxury for the Yankees where they can go to an Andujar. Maybe they use a Clint Frazier. Maybe, you know, Talkman gets a little bit extra playing time in the outfield in order to rest Stanton throughout the course of the season and keep him healthy for the long Hall. They want him in the postseason. They want him, you know, deep into October playing baseball and being healthy. Last year dealt with knee injuries, dealt with shoulder injuries, felt like he was never healthy throughout the course of the season. Almost like the Yankees rushed him back at points last year. So uh, it seems like they, they probably are not going to do anything like that again if something were to happen to him, but definitely something to pay attention to throughout spring. How healthy is he looking? How does the swing look? Um, is he playing the field consistently for the Yankees as well? These are all things that will Pay attention, and I'll just throw a few more names out there that are, that I'll be watching today to see you know how they end up performing. Kenta Maeda is making his Twins debut today. Craig, Max Fried, and Zach Gallen. 
my guy, Max Fried, your guy, Zach Gallen, both on the mound today, uh, respectively, for their team. So interested in seeing how they fare. Ryan Mountcastle, someone you've talked about, batting cleanup again, playing in left field, which I think is an interesting story because he's played a little third base, he's played a little first base in the minors. Now he's playing left field throughout spring training. Uh, let's see how Ryan Mountcastle does out there and how he performs with the bat. And then Billy Hamilton. Craig, I'll just throw the name out there. Everyone needs steals. If we're talking about Jared Dyson, why don't we bring up Billy Hamilton playing center field for the San Francisco Giants today. It's not like the Giants you know, have a wealth of talent on their team here, Craig. Maybe if Billy Hamilton has a nice spring, he makes the team and can steal you 20 bases this upcoming season. I'll just throw the name out there. If we're talking about Jared Dyson, I think we've got to mention Billy Hamilton as well, Craig. Yeah, and it's interesting that Billy Hamilton, like Yolmer Sanchez and some of the one-year deal guys the Giants have are just simply all about rebuilding some value and trading them in July. Maybe they'll do that with Billy Hamilton. We'll be back to wrap it up next here on Fantasy Sports Today. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank here with you until 1 o'clock here on the East. And we'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. We've got our preview tomorrow in Fantasy Baseball of the outfielders. We'll touch on them all, so that's probably going to take us a little bit because... A lot of you are playing in leagues with five outfielders, whether you're playing in an AL, an NL, or even a mixed league. We'll have Frank's first pick in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. We'll update my leagues as we really dive into draft season. And so, um, Frank, uh, before we get into this, I always like like to ask people like yourself who are in this industry, in the community, and are, are really into it as far as drafts are concerned. How many people do you think have already had their fantasy baseball drafts? Like, if there are a million people, like what percentage of people have are completed with their draft so far this year? I'll go with not a big majority here, uh, not a big percentage. I'll say fifteen to twenty percent. I think that's that are high. playing fantasy baseball because yeah. is that high? Yeah, like yeah, I think look, so. the only people who are drafting now is you know that's like the that's like the niche market. You know, the people that are playing over at the NFBC. I mean, I think most people who just play in a home league or you know, are going to play in, in bigger leagues. They like to wait until closer to the season, and I think you know that makes the most sense. I, I've never disputed any time that you've said you know uh, that drafting this early is not smart, and look for reasons. Uh, you know, Luis Severino, Carlos Carrasco. I think that makes uh, a lot of sense. It's not smart to draft right now, but I like to have a pulse on everything that's going on. So I like drafting early. Um, I have a problem clearly when it comes to fantasy baseball, but yeah, I'd probably say 15%, but that's still too high. Yeah, I think it's like 5%. I think it's like really low. I feel like the only people who are drafting fantasy are the people we know, you know? Like I can't find anybody that I yeah. that, that I know that likes baseball. And the other thing too is this weekend, and so being able to talk to some players and stuff and mentioning it, you know, and I, and I, I don't go around to every 
player and say, hey, I'm taking you or I'm not taking you. Like, I don't do that. But they kind of know me from fantasy football, some of them do. So the fantasy discussion just kind of comes up organically. And whatever I mention before March, and it even goes for now, hey, you know, like I had a draft. They're all like, now? You're drafting now? Are you crazy? Like, do you know how many things that can change between now and the end? I'm like, yeah, no, I know. Just trying to get ahead of it a little bit because people aren't that smart. They're like, oh, you know. And then, of course, the other guys get involved. They're like, fantasy baseball now? Like, don't you want to wait a month from now? I mean, the season doesn't start until the 26th. So I think that the number, because we do a show every day on it and we're getting people prepared for it, it makes sense for us. And it makes sense for me to hear you you come up with that number of 15%. I think it's more like 5%. I do. Now, once we get to March, I think that that will enhance. That will change significantly because the, the season does start in March and it'll be on people's radars. But I think for now, what we're doing is we're really conveying this to the super into it crowd, the, the expert crowd, the people who are watching us to try to get a little bit of an edge on that information. Um, okay, so the other thing that I wanted to discuss here as we end the show today, off topic completely, is this weekend, I don't know if you saw it, Frank, an 84-year-old fan in Mississippi, 84-year-old, and uh, they ended up winning a new car at a basketball game for drilling a long putt and you see these contests all the time i think there were two contests actually over the weekend where a fan ended up winning somebody uh, somebody ended up winning 10 grand another one ended up winning a car and it kind of it brought up the subject frank have you ever won any co- kind of contest doing anything and i'm not saying it to be cynical i'm le- legitimately asking have you ever won a contest of any kind that you participated in, whether it was online, and they they sent you something, you actually won something. Like it was you against a lot of other people, and you won. So there are two things that stand out to me, and I think this is a great question because I actually spent a ton of time before the show really trying to think back, and I'm probably forgetting a few things, but one thing that stands out to me is when I was younger, uh, my dad and I did a a free throw shooting contest together against other, it was like a father-son free throw competition, Mm -hmm. uh, and we wound up winning at at, at my age group. So that was, you know, one thing that stood out to me. I would love to be able to do, you know, a three-point shot or half-court shot at an NBA game. Like, that would be phenomenal. Uh, That was one thing that stood out. And then I mentioned this to someone recently uh, down in the pit over, uh, over at the New York studio as well, was that I filled out a sweepstakes once when it was like for one of the MLB 2K, let's say like 2K10 or 2K11 back when I was, you know, in, uh, in college, still, uh, you know, playing video games um, mm-hmm. pretty much as much as I wanted. I wish I could do that now. Not nearly as much anymore. I sent in a, uh, a sweepstakes to get a fathead of Derek Jeter, and I won. And they sent me back a fathead of Derek Jeter, and I was just like, what, really? I actually won? Uh, so those are two that really stand out to me. I still have that Derek Jeter fathead to this day as well. Uh, how about you, Craig? Are you, are you putting? Are you hitting the 94-foot putt at an Ole Miss game? Are you hitting a half-court shot somewhere to uh, win $50,000? If you are, please share some with me. Yeah, no, never any of that. By the way, is Fathead still a thing, by the way? <laughs> I, remember, I remember how big Fathead was for a long period of time. People had them. I remember commercials for them. Are they still, like, hot and around at this point? I don't even know. Honestly, Craig, I don't know that I have the pulse on what's hot anymore. You would think so, but uh, I, I really just so, live yeah. in a bubble, and that's why... 
That, that's why I think that 15% of people have already done their draft because all I do is go on Twitter and you know, look that's at other true. people who are drafting right now, but that's probably not indicative of like everybody else who actually plays fantasy baseball for a living. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, you're pro- it's fair to ask. Like, that is a fair question. Are fat heads still a thing? Uh, I'll start surveying some people here around the sports book, maybe some kids uh, or some young adults that I run into uh, throughout my public transportation as I go back to New York. But I, I've got to find out because, yeah. I don't know, it's a fair question. Yeah, I'm sure that the uh, judgment and poll of America can be found at the FanDuel Sportsbook in New Jersey. That's the most accurate person <laughs> to ask about fat heads, for sure. Okay, so I'll give you the one contest that I ended up winning and that I'm sure I've won like other ones, like small ones that I don't even remember, but this is the one that really sticks to mind because people think that I'm, I'm lying and I'm not telling the truth on this one. So I want to tell a story. So many years ago, and I'm talking about, I must've been uh, in high school, I'm think. So this, this goes back, you know, a long way, almost 30 years, 20, 30 years. I was listening to a sports radio show. It was an AM radio show. And they they had a show. It was at night, and it was like the the tenth caller. You've heard this before. Like I, I, they probably still do it. I'm sure they still do it on on uh, terrestrial radio, AM, FM radio. So the tenth caller won tickets to the first event ever of what was going to be called in South Florida. Now they were touring across the country. Everybody knows this now because there's a TV show about it on Netflix. Uh, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. If you were the tenth caller, now. I'm not even sure to this day if I was the 10th caller. I think they were just trying to get people to go to this event, honestly. But I call in, I pick up. They're like, you're the 10th caller. Congratulations. I'm like, wow, this is the first time I've ever won anything. I go to the radio station. I pick up the tickets. I then, uh, you know, my dad's driving me, I think, at the time. And I'm trying to convince him, hey, look, we got to go to this. It's Glow. It's the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Now, keep in mind, my dad had taken me to see the WWF and and all those events. We had gone to a lot of them, WrestleMania, Closed Circuit. Uh, it was cool. We were into it. Uh, this was, you know, 80s days of WWF. So we end up going to the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. And not only do we have tickets, but we are in the front row. Front row of the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Now, I don't think that there was anybody behind us. I, I mean, we I mean, there may only have been like 200 people at this thing. But it was all of those uh, characters. If you go on YouTube, you can watch it right now. And like the like, uh, fabulous. I don't think the fabulous Mula was in the WWF at the time, but I, I can't even remember who who it was. But how ironic is it, Frank, that Netflix it now has a, a season show uh, on Glow, the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. I think they've had like three seasons too. So of course I watched those two. I don't remember if the characters were the same. But that was the big award for me, winning tickets to see the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. No joke. That's pretty awesome, man. Being able to uh, win one of those sweepstakes when you call into the radio, that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. Everybody there. won. Yeah, and you mentioned, look, everybody it's, uh, won it's, that. Everybody won, right? <laughs> All 200 people that were in the stands. Uh, yeah, obviously, this is blown up on Netflix. Uh, Glow, they have the series there, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Craig, I got to ask you, I mean, if, you're, if they have live footage from, you know, the uh, – from the old matches, they, there might be some footage of, you know, young Craig Mish with a perm sitting in the front row watching uh, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Is there not? There, there's got to be some footage somewhere. If there was, first of all, there would be more hair. But there would also, I had, a, I had like a, a mullet <laughs> tail going in the back. Yeah, that's true. Would all you right. have? 
a mullet, you know, like a tail, like a mullet, like in the 80s. Oh, yeah. I had like long hair. True, I'll true find, story. I'll, I'll find a picture of it for you. And, and if you want. I had a mullet we can... as well growing up. And I had a rat tail as recently as like five years ago because I'm out of my mind. Okay. That, that I don't worry. All right. Let's end the show with a little exit velocity. Velocity. Nice velocity. All right, I'm going to end the show today with this uh, Mason Saunders character, a.k.a. Madison Bumgarner. And look, you, you have to love a story where a guy is using an alias to be in the rodeo, and he just happens to be a three-time World Series champion formerly of the San Francisco Giants, but if you're the Diamondbacks right now and you're chasing down a championship, because make no mistake about it, the Diamondbacks are going to be really good this year. You're ready to chase down that championship. You're watching everything going on with the Houston Astros and all their cheating. You're like, yeah, look at this great camp we're having. And then wham, you get smacked in the face with this guy using an alias to be in the rodeo. And it's arguably the best player on your team. I got to tell you, baseball just keeps giving us new stories day in and day out. So this is one in particular that I got to say, good luck to the Diamondbacks. Hopefully it works out for you with this big contract you just gave to Mad Bum. Thanks again to my co-host, Frank Stamfel, and also uh, our producer today, uh, Chris Bavona. That will do it for the show. Make sure you tune in tomorrow to us here on Fantasy Sports Today at 11 a.m. Eastern as we take a look at the outfield position in fantasy and recap everything in the Grapefruit League and Cactus League from Monday's Baseball. I'm Craig Mish. That'll do it for the show. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 11. Have a great day, everybody. See ya. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more.